We were excited. Very excited. The idea of partnering with someone I admire, who's also a great friend, could hardly be contained. However, however, we tapped the brakes just long enough to make a plan. This is our journey. Join me, Aaron Anaker, and me, Shanoa Lawrence, as we put our cards on the table to partner up and talk about partnering up. You're listening to In Good Company. Should we even do this? That is the question. With our respective backgrounds as freelancers, Aaron and I are quite used to wearing all the hats in a business. But in planning the future of our partnership, do we need to continue along that path? Listen in as we discuss the types of business boards and how they might play a role in complementing our partnership. So in talking about governance, there's this idea of self-governance and running the show and doing all of the various roles involved. And then there's the idea of having an external board that does some of the management of either the executors or the actual team of people doing the work mm-hmm. as opposed to the owners. Um, the interesting thing I found actually about researching boards is that everybody kind of has their own idea of what they are. And there's the book definition and then there's the practical definition. So it's it's been an interesting challenge actually, like looking through what people mean when they say a board of directors. What were the things that you found book versus in practice? Actually, I found that um, most people weren't re- weren't really willing to talk about uh, what boards are in practice. What kept coming to my mind was watching movies and television shows of like the powerful CEO uh, standing at the head of the table and staring down his board of directors and kind of making them cower in their little chairs <laughs> and stuff. And even they're, be, they're being paid ridiculous sums of money to be on the board. You know, it's, there's this weird power yeah. dynamic thing that was never really clear to me. And I had a lot of questions about what does that actually look like? Because if there's anything I've learned so far is that whatever you're looking at on TV, it's probably not like that. <laughs> Unless it's House of Cards and then it's probably totally like that. I really hope it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, side note. Uh, I watched yeah. uh uh I watched West Wing from like beginning to end. Uh-huh. And I had this warm fuzzy feeling oh, about yes. all these Everyone wonderful people in 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 our government that are trying so hard and fighting against all this crazy stuff out there in the world and everybody's got a heart of gold and then I watched House of Cards and <laughs> I was sad. And you weep silently at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so actually, I mean, I was really curious what it's like. And so I did a little bit of poking around out there. And honestly, I, I don't feel like I have an accurate portrayal of what it, what it actually means, what purpose a board of directors has. Um, and I think, honestly, when it comes down to it, we don't need to understand the bigger picture. We just need to understand what's really right for us. And I think I've got enough, you know, knowledge under my belt so far that we can kind of dig into this question and uh, answer it for ourselves. Yeah. The the only experience I have with being a part of a board of directors was with you, actually, um, in the 
Tri-Cities, there was the co-working space that you helped start uh, called Room to Think. And about six months into its, what was it, about 12 months, wasn't it, that it was open? Yes, yes, that sounds right. So about six months into that, the vice president stepped down and you approached me, asked if I wanted to be on the board, and I said yes. So I have six months experience to put on my resume for that, and that was a very interesting experience (laughs) because I stepped into the role of someone who was very passive, Mm -hmm. um, very quiet and reserved, and who didn't really care one way or the other most of the time how things went. And my personality is pretty much the opposite. (laughs) And I think anybody who's listened to this audio series so far can understand how you would be quite different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So not only that, but then the following the the last six months of it was okay for three and then debating whether or not it should close. So there was a lot of conflict toward the end of that and a lot of like stressful, tense moments. Yeah, you, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you actually weathered that very, very well. (laughs) You were (laughs) tossed into like a bubbling cauldron of, you know, chaos and you, you know, you just stepped up and did what you could within the role. And I think part of the reason things were so chaotic is we didn't have very well-defined roles. Mm. We had a lot of ideas but nobody could ever solidify who was who was to be really in charge of what and what responsibility each person had. And that was, I think, in, in the long run, um, a, a really big issue that, that we never properly dealt with. One of the reasons I weathered it well, which thank you for the compliment, but I think it was largely due to the fact that I hadn't been involved before that point. Mm-hmm. So I had this emotional distance from it and outside perspective that all of you, um, it it was much harder for you to gain that perspective because you were so invested in it. So I guess really the question we have to answer is what is appropriate for us in terms of a board? And there's, uh, you know, two main directions, uh, whether or not we would choose a board of directors or a board of managers for an LLC or an advisory board. And I think while it's interesting to learn um, a little bit of the details of a board of managers, I don't think it's necessarily you know, appropriate to our business structure and our size at this point. It seems like um, a board of directors or board of managers is most appropriate when the executive team is not comprised of owners. Because uh, the the big takeaway I got from reading the book, the Partnership Charter that we're working through together, is that that is you know the primary purpose, the original purpose for um, a board is to kind of facilitate that relationship and make sure that there's good representation of the owner's desires with the executive leadership of the company. Yeah, it seemed really fitting for when a company gets so big. Um, that the owners want to step away from it and do something new, but not sell the company per se. So they could still own the company and trust that this body of, of people will help um, see their vision through and maintain some organizational 
integrity uh, without passing on all ownership and reins to the next level down. I think a board of advisors sounds exciting to me because it seems like it's something or somewhere we can go to really seek the knowledge that we don't hold ourselves, the experiential knowledge of people who have been there and done that in the vein in which we are headed. Right, exactly. And I think the reason we would go that direction is that the advisory board could you know, play the role of the gut check for us. Like if, if we're careful about you know, the people we choose to bring on to an advisory board, I think we would have this ability to not just you know, leverage their many years of experience and their talents, but also to just kind of say, hey, you guys need to step back and look at this, this aspect that you haven't looked at because you're in the trenches, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, providing that outside perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like like you did when you stepped fresh into that role of kind of like a crazy chaotic board and of a bunch of, you know, passionate, smart, driven people who couldn't agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) I I really appreciate that experience, actually, because I'd I'd served on a board once before, and I was really young at the time. And I I don't think I had the ability to analyze what was working and what wasn't working and why. And having having gone through this again, I, I really feel like I've gained kind of a new perspective on working with people, making sure that people are in the right roles for their interests and their talents. So back to the board of advisors, I think that's actually something that I constantly seek, but I seek it in different pockets as I go along. Um it's the main reason why I've hired coaches in the past. It's the main reason why I try to almost always have some sort of mastermind group or connection to someone that I talk to on a regular basis about business. And I think, I'm not sure what they get out of it. I think it would be really fun to serve on a board of advisors, but I'm not sure everyone feels that way. So I'm not sure what they get out of it directly, but I think selfishly it would be incredible to have, um, this set of really smart people I admire who I get to talk to on a semi-regular basis uh, about something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. I always seek out mentors. And actually a question that kind of came up when I was reading and studying on this subject is how do we differentiate between who is a mentor and who is Uh, an advisor like an official advisor on our board like how do we craft that kind of expectation correctly because in my head they're kind of a little bit of a jumble right now you know what's a mentor what's an advisor and maybe they're very similar but I, I I think it'd be good to before it'd be good to clarify that before we start approaching people (laughs) because I haven't solidified it in my own mind yet hmm but that's what I would hope for, is somebody who's willing to kind of mentor us and to serve as as that outside perspective. So I think it's what I'm after is also somebody who would call me on my crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> somebody who would say, hey, listen, let's be real here. 
this isn't jiving with the goals that you set out. You're going down a totally different path than you outlined. Mm -hmm. And I think you're getting distracted or I think you're just losing, you're losing sight of your goals. I want somebody to tell me that. So, Shinoa, I'm curious, where do you see our lack of experience? Like, how could a board of advisors augment our skill set? My first thought and answer to that question was somebody that has a more solid traditional business and financial background. Hmm. But I don't want necessarily somebody to apply tried and true solutions that have worked for so many other businesses. Like I don't want to be boxed in. Um, I just want to have that as a resource so we don't fall into uh, a, a mode of thinking that's false just through lack of experience. Hmm. The name that came to my mind is Paul Carlisle. <laughs> who owns Elevate, which is a technical company in the Tri-Cities. He's very much a traditional business guy. Mm -hmm. And um, I always appreciate conversations with him because he's... The way he thinks about business is so different yes. from the way I do. Yes. And that contrast, I think, is really healthy because it keeps things in perspective. So with that, what types of people do you see serving on our board like what type of experience do you think they would need aside from traditional business background so that's one mm -hmm. neither of us have any formal training or formal education in the business realm mm -hmm. or the financial realm for that matter so the other the other one i was thinking of is someone who's built a small team because i think that's something that both you and i desire um, out of a business is to it doesn't have to be a big team. It doesn't have to be a big company. But, you know, a team of three to five or five to eight, um, I think is something that both of us would be really interested in and comfortable with. Um, how to do that? Big question mark. I've actually, you know, talked with a few people on, on this topic. And I, I remember hearing that there is a big jump in the process of team building between around the five or six person mark. Like there's something about when you hit that size, everything gets a lot more complicated. And um, I mean, I can, I can kind of see that, you know, sometimes things don't scale linearly. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I would definitely like somebody's insight on what those challenges look like and what are the different ways that they might be, addressed and sort of preempted as much as possible. Yeah. And even if it's even worth building a team bigger than that size, because mm -hmm. we might decide that um, that size works really well for us. And we like to be able to have that type of dynamic. Um, I seem to remember someone saying that that happened around the size 12, mm. but uh, I could be remembering that incorrectly. Let's add maybe a caveat to all of this when we're talking about board members. I, I'd like somebody that has an understanding of our industry, 
doesn't necessarily have to be from our industry. But I've had issues before trying to explain certain things about what I'm attempting to do, projects I'm working on. And, you know, you get advice out of the woodwork from different people you chat with just casually. And there's a lot of misunderstandings that arise through Hmm. just not having any clue what this industry is about and how people operate within it. So I think I would be interested in having someone who has a traditional design agency and has built that up to be, um, you know, a decent sized team of, you know, three to eight or whatever, Mm -hmm. and has run it for a long period of time. I think their insight on the types of services and products we offer and our strategic approach would be um, incredibly valuable. Mm. That's a really good idea. (laughs) You have good ideas. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so traditional business background, someone who's built a small team Mm -hmm. or a team in general, someone with... Uh, a design background who owns a small agency. Mm-hmm. What else? A guru. I mean, not like an official a guru, guru, but, you know, the person that you go to when your heart is in your toes and you do question everything that you're doing and everything feels like it's falling apart you know it's not, but it feels like it is. The person you go to. <laughs> hmm. I mean, maybe that person doesn't even necessarily have to be on the board, but I think it would be really useful to have that influence. The wise person that always says the right thing. And this is going to be a really hard job description to put together, like if we're writing this up. <laughs> Anyhow, but you know what I mean? Like the person, the go-to person. Hmm. That person is not clear in my head. I mean, I have lots of go-to people, but yeah. Um, that I feel like might be more of a mentor rather than a board of yeah, advisors. Yeah, probably because I'm kind of thinking of a specific person. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to wrangle like away. Could this work? Does this make sense? <clears throat> and that, yeah, I mean, it gets down to me being a little fuzzy on mentor versus advisor, but. Um, Uh, You and I think have both had uh, wonderful, amazing conversations with um, a person back in the Tri-Cities that runs a library and happens to be an all-around fabulous (gasps) human being. Oh. Yeah. So that would be um, Anne Anne Roseberry. Anne Roseberry. Who is amazing. She is. (laughs) And um, maybe I just want an excuse to like chat with her and have a glass of wine every now and then. (laughs) <laughs> mm. We could build that in. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think this is really interesting, though, because, I, I mean, part of the way I normally go about things is to, I get an idea in my head that I'm really excited about, and I want to make it happen, and I start uh, crafting all of these different reasons to make it happen just because I'm excited about the idea (laughs) sometimes that actually works out really great and occasionally it doesn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't exactly see a downside here but um, I just kind of wanted to point that out because I recognize that tendency in myself to 
just latch on to something I'm excited about and don't always have the um, more studious and strategic approach to it. Hmm. Having a librarian on our board would be a very interesting dynamic, but I also wonder how it, how would that type of person be filling a strategic need or like a strategic direction or a strategic challenge that we're currently facing? I don't always need the strategic reason. Sometimes I just like, hey, this is, I just think this is a good idea. It's like my gut tells me that this would be a positive thing. And I don't have a set of reasons to lay in front of you that would make this make sense to anybody who's not in my own head. (laughs) So that's kind of how I feel about this project. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I don't have a lot of good reasons to be spending so much time on it, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. Like it's more of a gut feel. Yeah. That good things will come out of it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because if we were being super strategic about this, we would have, you know, five sponsors lined up and we would have this, you know, really aggressive release schedule and we would have a complete plan for engineering. And though we're getting some of these things together, uh, we didn't have it all lined up. We were mostly like, we're just going to record our conversations and Mm -hmm. we're going to find the gems in these conversations and extract good things from them. So while I was doing research for this board of advisors, I stumbled upon a really good article um, on Inc.com, which I can link to. Um, But one of the quotes, which I thought was very concise, it said, a good board is tailored to the opportunities and obstacles in the path of your specific company and I thought that was very a very concise way of illustrating what the role is of a board of advisors and one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is building a consulting business because what I've been trying to build the last year or so is a digital product and digital program business And that's gone okay, but I feel like it needs to be grounded in the one-on-one before it is scaled to the one-on-many. And I just realized this a few months ago. Um, So I've been thinking a lot about, okay, so how would I build a consulting business and yeah, I'll still have some programs here and there, but it it just feels like a more natural progression than to try and jump into the digital product realm and build an audience and get it out there and market it like crazy. That feels a lot, or there feels like, it feels like there's a lot more tension and friction there for me than there is with doing something that is one-on-one first, even though... I don't love being, I don't love my time being directly connected to how much money I make. So my intent with building out a consulting, the consulting arm of the business is to eventually flip that around into a program and product business. 
that would have more residual and reoccurring income. I really like the potential involved in that. Um, I mean, partially because I, I think it's a very solid business plan to kind of have both in the mix. I also like the idea of being able to relate to somebody one-on-one, just just because that's how I like to operate. I feel like I greatly enjoy some of my online experiences where you're sort of chatting with the Twitter masses <laughs> or sending your photos out into the Instagramosphere. And it, it, that's fun. And that kind of interaction is really interesting that those platforms create, but it doesn't it doesn't really take the place of the one-on-one. So I think that um, I, I like that shift and I like the idea that we could craft an advisory board that would help us down that path. I think the person that you described earlier that would be in an agency role would have a lot of consulting knowledge that they'd be able to pull from. Mm, you don't think so? I disagree. I feel like selling design ser- services is different. Not easier per se, but to me it feels a little bit more tangible. Whereas selling advice uh, feels like a harder mm. or a different. It just feels a lot no, different. No, you're right. Are there take backsies here? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Do-over. You're right. Yeah, I, I'm not sure like where I was going with that. but um... Yeah, so I, I, I feel like having someone who runs a design agency should be separate from the person who's built up a successful consultancy and it would be even more fascinating to me if someone who the if the person who built up the consultancy has also trained people under them to do that type of consulting and built out a team of consultants who work the process and the um program that they have developed over their experience. Do you see us lacking in any other area? So I think I'm counting four spots so far, Mm -hmm. and we would need one more because we have to have an odd number. Mm. It's the rules. Actually, you know, I don't think we really have to have an odd number. If you think about it, the idea between have for having an odd number is when there needs to be a board vote and there needs to be a tiebreaker. And I can't really see that being a big issue on an advisory board. So I don't know if we really need to round up or round down very strongly. Okay, that's fair. I mean, can you see there being any need for votes where people would be on one side of an issue that would be decisive in one way or another? No, my only thought was in how I read one thing about having two people and two people are always trying to have consensus. So I wondered if the same might be true for other even numbers, but I don't think that that is true. With all of these different roles and these people with lots of different experience, How on earth are we going to find people who share our core values? I think this is a huge question. Uh, One of the suggestions was to write a prospectus for each board 
position or for board positions on a whole. I mean, I think we could probably get away with just writing one essentially Mm -hmm. and focusing in on uh, the expectations, both the tangible ones, like we would need to meet with you so often and, you know, we would need approximately this type of time commitment and the position will last approximately this long. Um, But beyond those tangible expectations, what are the more... uh, you know, intangible expectations. What type of support are we looking for? What type of advice are we looking for? And uh, what is compelling to us about having an advisor as a whole? Like what what we would want from them? Um, and just a little overview about why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, and I think in a prospectus, we could also start with why and really um, paint the vision and be explicit about what our values are. Um, I don't want anyone on our board who isn't intrigued by what we're doing and isn't in some way cheering for us and hoping that we do make it the differences that we want to. Another thing I really liked about that article, I'm just going back to the one thing I thought was the most fascinating um, I thought they did a really good job at giving you very, a very general outline of how you can approach getting a board of advisors. And the first step they said was to define key success factors, characteristics that most determine whether the company will thrive and the strategic challenges the company will face. And then they talk about um, how to get them aboard. And that was the part where we mentioned about creating the prospectus. And the prospectus should cover why we want a board, what we're looking for, determine how it will operate, including whether or not there will be compensation, and then the terms of service, as well as the, and this should probably start at the beginning, but, um, or go at the beginning, the big vision for the company and, and what our values are. And then the last thing they mentioned was how to actually run the meetings and I found that interesting. I don't know if anyone else will, but um, it said host it two to four times a year. Be sure to look forward and not back. So try not to focus so much on what happened and how it could change, but what you want to do in the future. Each meeting should be three hours or less. Focus on strategic matters. Um, Focus on two to three topics at most. And send out the agenda a week in advance with clear requests from for each person. I like it. Though I think maybe we could stretch the three hours into a day that has like a big barbecue in the middle of it. And, you know, like some drinks in the afternoon and, you know, maybe a hike or something. <laughs> Sounds lovely, but I don't want to pay for people's plane tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. Oh, I mean, if we if we were rolling in it, I would say retreat in Mexico. Oh, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Margaritas. As we wrap up this conversation, once again, we're curious about you. Here's our question of the week. What areas of your business could be usefully augmented with a board of advisors? Asking, you know, for a friend. (laughs) 
Remember when phones were used to call people? We're still down with that. Call us at 470-238-9498 and leave a message with your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Our show is edited and produced by the fantastic Justin Wayne. Theme song is by Scott Buckley at scottbuckley.com.au with incidental music by Broke for Free. Many thanks to our friends, family, and mentors for encouraging us to pursue our crazy dreams in this venture. And of course, a big thanks to you, the listeners of In Good Company. Show notes, transcripts, and other goodies are available at our website, ingoodcompany.fm. Another one I'm thinking of is someone who's built a small team. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear you shaking your leg, Shanoa. to not laugh i was trying to use the water to calm myself and you get me giggling again okay it's four o'clock time to get serious (laughs) we could make him take that personality test that we took in episode three should we do four just in case We could make them take that personality test that we did in episode six. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should repeat ourselves until we sound like robots. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Like when you repeat a word too many times. Times, 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 times. Okay. Times. Sorry. Number. Number is a really weird word. (laughs) Say it. I mean, seriously. Number. Number. No, I can't do this right now. (laughs) Number, 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 number. (laughs) It starts feeling like not English. (laughs) I'm going to wrangle. Wrangle? (laughs) 